Good morning. Today is Friday, November 13th, 2020. Yesterday we asked the following question. Our Parsha has Eliezer traveling on a mission directed by Avraham to find a wife for his son Yitzchak. And as Eliezer approaches the place where he will be looking for the suitable person, Eliezer says to himself that if the woman that I approach and I ask her for water, she will offer me water and she will also offer water to my camels, that will be the sign that she is meant for Yitzchak. The Rambam, Maimonides, clearly says that there was something wrong with this that it involved the prohibition of nichush, like soothsaying. It's like setting up some kind of a sign, like a superstition. If this happens, then I'll act so-and-so. And if that happens, I'll act differently. And the Rambam explicitly, in his discussion of this prohibition, says, Ke'eliezer Eved Avraham, that what Eliezer did is in this category of forbidden activity, which is very strange because the Torah seems to say that what Eliezer did was correct, seems to treat him as a righteous person. How can we understand Eliezer's behavior in light of the Ramam's criticism? So, let me share with you an approach. It's mentioned by the Ravid. Ravid is one of the great commentators who comment on the Rambam explicitly. It's mentioned by Rabbeinu Nisim and others. And they say as follows, this is different. This isn't a random sign. A person who says, because a black cat passed in front of me, I'm not going to do so-and-so today, that's some kind of random sign. There's no logical connection between the sign and the activity. Here, what Eliezer is saying is, this is the logical indicator of who is suitable for Yitzchak. A woman who has so much compassion and empathy that if she's asked for water, she doesn't just do the minimum amount of kindness, but she seeks to find, can she provide more? But your animals may be thirsty. It was that level of kindness and compassion and empathy that Eliezer was looking for because that is what he learned in Avram's home. That's what Avraham taught his entire life together with Sarah about the most important personality traits. And so clearly he wanted to find that demonstrated in a young woman to know that she by her character would be appropriate for Yitzchak. To my knowledge, I can only think of one other time in the Torah where there is an articulation of how to choose a spouse. And the contrast is stunning. I'm thinking of the book of Esther, where Achashverosh, that silly, powerful king, wants to choose a queen. And he does so purely on the basis of physical beauty. The fact is that Eliezer's judgment is still true today. 
And that's the reason the story is told to us at such great length, in such great detail, because we really need to learn a practical lesson from this. When it comes to choosing a spouse, people look for many things, some of them more foolish and transitory than others. People sometimes look for wealth, beauty, power. Here's the truth. None of those things leads to a happy marriage. None of them. They can be nice. They can be good. Maybe for a time. But they will not make you happy. Without question, the only criteria that makes the difference between a happy marriage and a non-happy marriage, God forbid, is how kind and considerate of others the two spouses are to each other. And that's why Eliezer is a hero. He understood what was important to Avraham and he appreciated what would be important to Yitzchak. He didn't set up a random sign. He set up the criteria till today for a happy marriage. So I want to share with you one last story. And this is also a true story. It's a story that's told by Rabbi Yechiel Spiro. <clears throat> and it's about a young man named Baruch who after being liberated at the end of World War II from Auschwitz, he had suffered greatly, but he had survived. And he was transferred to a DP camp. Everything in his life was gone. Everyone in his family had been killed. He had nothing. And he had to face the challenge of starting over, like everyone else who was in that place. Baruch was given a job in the camp. His job was to distribute shoes. So shoes would arrive, Baruch would place them on the shelves, and then people would line up and come in and choose the shoes they wanted in order. First come, first serve, the system worked well. After some time in this DP camp, Baruch met a young woman, as improbable as it both seemed to them. A young woman named Rachel, who also lost everyone and everything in the Holocaust. And for the first time in years, they began to smile. They began to feel hopeful for the possibility of a future. Something that both of them had feared they would never feel again. One day, Rachel gets in line for shoes. And Baruch notices her eyes gazing lovingly at a pair of red shoes on the shelf. Beautiful red shoes. 
Rachel looked at Baruch, who was handing them out, but she did not say a word to him. And she gets in line. Baruch wanted nothing more in life than to give those shoes to Rachel. But as the line moved forward, it became clear that another woman, ahead of Rachel, would be able to choose the red shoes. Baruch felt so terrible because he had nothing of his own to give her. He so much wanted to show his feelings for her, <clears throat> at least by giving her the red shoes. But on the one, but on the other hand, the other woman was first in line, and this other woman would have every right to choose the red shoes. And so, as the other woman approached and pointed to the red shoes. Baruch gave her the red shoes to this other woman. And as he did so, he noticed Rachel standing behind her, lower her head, and begin to cry. And it broke his heart. That evening they met, Baruch and Rachel. <coughs> and Baruch tried to explain to Rachel how much he wanted to give her the shoes, how badly he felt, how torn he was, but that it was his job, he had no choice. Rachel said to him, let me tell you why I was crying. She said, as soon as I came into the room, I saw the red shoes, I wanted them, and I looked at you. And I knew that you wanted more than anything in the world to give those red shoes to me. I knew that. And then I saw the other woman ahead of me in line, and I knew she would ask for them first. So I closed my eyes, and I said to myself, if he gives the red shoes to the other woman, that will be a sign that you are the man I want to live the rest of my life with. And when you handed her the shoes, I was so proud of you and I was so happy and my tears were tears of joy that we are truly meant for each other. Rachel and Baruch did marry. They spent the rest of their lives together, rebuilding their lives and building a beautiful family. That's the sign to look for. That's the sign that Rachel was looking for. And that's the sign that Eliezer was looking for. Eliezer had learned from Avraham, that's the sign to look for. And Eliezer knew that for Yitzchak to fulfill his mission in life, he needed to find a person corresponding to his own character that overflowed with kindness. It is the only 
sign to look for in a spouse. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and a wonderful Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.